We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates. Post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Our live salute to Knicks Nation, Sunday night, Knicks special edition of Knicks Fan TV. We are less than one month from training camp and leading up to the road to training camp, man. We're going to have our season preview content starting with our player expectations. So tonight's episode, we're going to talk about RJ Barrett. What do we expect from RJ in the 21-22 campaign? Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel. We're going to go through the whole team. Uh, over the coming weeks, we're going to talk about lineups. We're going to talk about uh, record predictions, all that good stuff, man. So make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell as well so you don't miss anything. Tonight's panel, we got the squad in the building. CK2K, JD Sports Talk, Alex Otaros, the Tratacaster in the building. Fellas, how are we feeling, man? Happy Sunday, man. How are we doing? Happy Sunday, CP. Enjoying, chilling, waiting for this NBA yeah. season. Next season to start back up. So we got to do what we got, which is just go over these players, man. Bro, we right around the corner, bro. Right oh, around the good. corner. Um, mm-hmm. So you know what? I, I kind of I threw this pairing in here strategically. One with Noel because, you know, with all the current events going on with Noel, I figured it, it would be good to kind of kick it off with him. Um, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on on these current events and, and what happened with Noel, the announcement with Noel over uh, the last week. Number one, uh, he's suing his former agent, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, for allegedly losing $58 million in potential salary. Now, why is he saying that? He's saying that because um, back during the 2017 offseason, he was represented by Happy Walters. Okay, Rich Paul allegedly met up with Noel at, at Ben Simmons' birthday party, said we could turn you into a max player. Don't take the four-year $70 million offer that was on the table by the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, so Noel declines that offer, signs up with Clutch Sports, declines that offer, and instead opts into the qualifying offer, which is a one-year, $4 million deal. He goes into free agency expecting it offers, but he had uh, injured his thumb that off that that same season so he fractures his thumb that off that season goes into the off season and gets no offers anywhere near a max deal 
So he ends up going to OKC on a two-year, $3.75 million vet minimum contract. He opts out of the second year of that OKC deal after the 2018 season. Again, no offers. So he, he signs a one-year vet minimum contract with, with OKC once again. Now, during that time, Noel alleged, alleges that Philadelphia and other teams had tried to reach out to, to Rich Paul to make contract offers to Noel, and Rich Paul never returned the phone calls, and Noel never heard about it until after the fact. Okay, so now he's ready to move on from Clutch, and another contact from Clutch says, wait it out, and OKC is expected to give you a new deal at around 7 to $10 million per year. Free agency comes, nothing from the thunder of, of that sort, and then here comes Leon Rose, swoops in, and signs Noel to a one-year, $5 million deal. During that offseason, which was, which was last year's offseason, Noel reports that he found that the Rockets and the Clippers were trying to reach out to Rich Paul, and he didn't return their call. So, I, you know, Al, I'll start with you, man. As, as one with, with, with the law, as a background, legal background, you know, it, it seems like some, some negligence, like, like Rich Paul may have abused a fiduciary duty. I mean, what, what do you make of this when, when you read this, uh, this case? We'll see if he uses the right term, fiduciary duty, right? Nice. Rich legal Paul term, legal up. term, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Let's, let's, let's get uh, Already halfway there through law school. Yeah. Let's go, CP. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's go. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, reading this, it seemed what what I'm getting from it is that there were offers on the table that Rich Paul failed to tell Neuralist Noel if Neuralist Noel was telling the truth. And if Rich Paul failed to tell Neuralist Noel about said offers, that is malpractice. That is not doing his due diligence. Not, that's not being the being a true fiduciary like agent for him, you know, mm-hmm. as an agent, you're supposed to look out for your player's best interest. And within that process of looking out for your player's best interest, you're also supposed to give them the full, the full platter, right? So you're supposed to let them know like what is on the table, who is every team that's looking at you? What are all the offers? You can't hide anything. That is where we start. That's where it starts getting money. So if Rich Paul actually did that. Neuralist Noel has a very good case for yeah. missing out on potential earnings because you can't, as an agent, that is your number one job. It's just right there. Represent your client to the best right. of their ability. If you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. CK, what about you? What do you think about uh, the, this whole situation with Noel? Uh, I just find um, the timing of it all very, very funny. Um, I, I've been uh, part of the conspiracy theory bandwagon that um, – uh, Leon Rose uh, whispered in his ear, "Like, hey man, you have an opportunity to do something a lot of people would like to, uh, to get to, to get done and go against Clutch Sports." <laughs> uh, but um, no, I'm still, to be completely honest, I'm trying to take my Knicks hat off on this one, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out who is in the bigger wrong. Like, obviously, everything that we was just mentioned when I it, it is very true, but at the same time, there's no well. I know it's clutch. I know it's Rich Paul. I get all that, but at the same time, like I mean, what was it? It was he was off what seventy five. He was going to get offered seventy five. Four years, then, seventy from the Mavs, and he turned it down. 
I don't know. So I have a hard time with just fully going all in on Rich because though Rich was wrong for all this. And then on top of that, too, having Rich being no parts in negotiation for the deal he eventually got later on is that that's wild to me. But it's hard to say that New Orleans is saying this entire thing. So uh, I'm pushing for New Orleans. I'm really hoping he comes out on top of this with this one for sure. Um, But at the same time, man, to 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 turn down that 70 mil for four years. We we are cracking these jokes on. Yeah, man, we are cracking these jokes on guys like Dennis Schroeder. I mean, John Collins eventually got paid, but we we, 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 we do that with all those guys. And it's tough for me for New Orleans, but I I hope he does get something out of this for sure. And and you know what, J.D.? You know, we have a certain we have a situation here with with uh, Julius who who bet on himself in in this recent Mm -hmm. offseason. Right. We, We said that Julius could have, uh, you know, waited it out went into the next offseason and, and tried to hold the Knicks over for that $200 Supermax contract, and he took less money, you know, and, and I think part of that is, yes, the, the faith and the trust that he has in the front office, as he said in his press conference, but also trying to hedge against potential injury and, and the downside risk of losing out on a, on a ton of money. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm sure that was a major reason why Julius Randle uh, decided to sign that contract. And I mean, once he decided he was going to commit to the franchise, I think being flexible with the front office, um, him having those personal relationships, you know, led to him, you know, leaving some money on the table. And, you know, we talked about, you know, the Dennis Schroeder situation and, I mean, I think this all connects. It's been an interesting summer with Noel doing this, Dennis Schroeder's example, and now we have Mitch coming up. Yeah. And Mitch has some of these, you know, um, injury concerns. And he also, <laughs> you know, next, who knows if, if, if you know, Mitch is going to sue his agent one day, you yeah. know, because he's, he's gone through so many. <laughs> you know, he's gone through so many. Who knows if he'll sign a contract and go back and sue someone else. So. Yeah. But I mean, with Noel, I mean, listen, it, it, it's such a tough thing, you, you know, to kind of dissect and and figure out who is in yeah. the actual wrong, yeah. as CK said, because on one end, like Alex mentioned, the agent's biggest responsibility is you have to look out for, you know, the player. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a lot of times us as fans, we see contracts, right? Like if someone signs a four year, $40 million contract, we think the player's getting all of that. No, there's a percentage that's going yeah. to the agent. Yeah. You know, other people get paid. The players don't, they're not going to get every single dollar that gets reported in the public. So I just look at it as, you know, this could be a good example for future players to also educate yourselves. Right. You know, right. I can hire an agent CP, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, you're, you're an adult and, you know, an agent's going to come and give you recommendations. You should at least educate yourself to the point where you can also form your own conclusion, your own opinion. You know, it's okay to go back and forth with an agent. If you're reliant 100% on an agent, I know you're paying for those services, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, when you look at some of the most successful athletes and people in the world, a lot of it is because, you know, they're independent sometimes in the way that they think, even if you have an entourage or you have advisors around you. So, you know, let's see what happens. I don't know how he'll legally win this case. And also, I think he brought up this case after as a countersuit. Um, um, I think it's being reported. So, but I, I think as it connects with the Knicks, Let's see what happens with Mitch. Do yeah. you now with the Knicks, are you Leon Rose? And you say, well, you know, let me go mess with Mitch. Let me give him an offer and let's see what he does. Because Dennis Schroeder, you don't want to be Nerlens Noel. 
And this could be a good opportunity for the Knicks to pounce on a good Mitchell Robinson deal if yeah. that's what they want to do. And, and according yeah. to Berman of the Post, uh, what's that? Uh, according to Berman of the Post, uh, they they're eager to to re-sign Mitch early rather than letting him go into into free agency. Uh, I'm with you guys. It's kind of hard to pinpoint whose fault it is. I think in these situations, it's it's one side, the other side, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. So I think Nerland certainly has a gripe if he can prove that you know he missed out on on calls or contract offers then I, I think he might have a case not not having a legal background but it just seems like he might have a case in in the terms of that where rich paul may have you know violated his fiduciary duty uh at the same time i'm, I'm with you jd is that you got to do your own research you know and you got to do your own research consult the right people and don't just rely on a, another agent in your ear promising you this that and the third i mean it's it's Nerlens won't be the first he certainly won't be the last to make that mistake but it should be a lesson learned for players down the road that you know you got to smarten up and do your own research as well and he should have also looked at it like you know am i really a max player yes i am a good defensive force but look around the league at, at, you know, some of the max contracts there. I think you got to do a little bit more. It doesn't, doesn't mean you got to score 20 points a night by any stretch. But if you look at what the Capellas of the world are doing, I mean, you got you to gotta have a bit more uh, to your game than, than just blocking shots. And CP, and what, what's, what's crazy is when you look at what was he t- reportedly turned down, and we're talking about 70-plus million, yeah. you know, in, at that year. Right. You know, it's a different market of what that is today. But even then, I wonder what what was that vice in terms of what he what they foresaw that he could get in the open market for right. you to turn down that amount. Like, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. You know, you would think that a center with his limitations, that would be something that you would just pounce on. You pounce. don't even think about. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, you forming your own, you know, just getting educated more on on the circumstances. That's why I think. Julius Randle did. If you look at Julius Randle example, mm-hmm. I don't think that an agent understanding the percentage he can get on a fee is going to 100% recommend Julius Randle to leave all that money he left on the table. I don't know if that's the agent's first priority, but if you look at the way Randle was talking, it looks like Randle and the agent had a back and forth dialogue and they were able to come to a conclusion. And that's what I mean when I'm saying, you know, just get more educated. I'm not saying that, you know, it takes away the, the purpose of hiring an agent. I'm just saying, give yourself a chance to also, you know, tell the agent some of your interests and what you want to do as well. Al, Al, the interest, yeah. The interesting part is like, we're, Noel is saying that he believes that he lost 58 million in lost contract money. You know, that's going to be the most difficult thing to argue in court because um, one, you'd have to prove that Rich Paul won, lost you $58 million in that, in that money. And by just saying that you had the opportunity for a $70 million contract and that you could have got an extension, that won't necessarily cut it. At this, also, when you're looking at the, when you're looking at it from, because this would be a civil suit, so you'd have your point. You'd have your plaintiff and you defended. So that so no one would have to prove that that Rich Paul, you know, that he could have gotten that he could have gotten that he could have gotten more than seventy million. Mm. But it would have been difficult to say that because Rich Paul's duty is going to build up his, his build up Noel, right? He's trying to sell Noel. So to say, yeah, he could have got seventy million. That's 
that's just theoretical. Like it's not, he could have gotten that $70 million contract. He potentially could have gotten more. It's all theoretical. So the $58 million, like that's going to be the most interesting part because I feel like I don't know how you can necessarily argue that because right. as everyone's pointed out that Noel has to do his own due diligence. You know, this is a conversation that you have with your agent. Your agent is only giving you an option that is then up to you to also then decide. So he could have decided to go with the 70 million, which everyone has already mentioned. It, by him turning it down, that's not Rich Paul's fault. That is Noel's option to believe, right? Just because Rich Paul says, I believe I can make you a max player, doesn't mean that you have to believe what your agent's doing. Your agent believes also in his ability mm -hmm. to sell you and say, I can get you that 100, what, that 100 million, that, that max contract that you're looking for. So. Once again, what everyone has also pointed out is that Noel had to have done his own research, actually knows who he is as a player. Is he a Clint Capella? No, you're what you're not a Clint Capella. You're not a Rudy Gobert. So you're not going to get that type of money. So you have to be real with yourself. At the same time, do you, do you think you can get a little bit more or do you take what you got? Right. You get what you're going to get. So this is I'm going to the 58 million is like the most intriguing aspect of this entire case. I want to see how yeah. that's going to be just from like a legal aspect of being a nerd. I want to know how that's going to be argued for. <laughs> yeah. for him. It's, it's going to be interesting, man. And then look from the clutch side of things. I mean, Noel's not the first play. I mean, agents get dropped all the time for various reasons. Right. But I think you got to follow the, the smoke here. You know, Marcus Morris and Rich Paul fell out. Yes. We're not sure what exactly happened, but remember what happened, how, how Marcus Morris landed with the Knicks. He had a deal with the Spurs. He had verbally committed to a deal with the Spurs. The Knicks came in at the 13th hour, and Morris signs with the Knicks. Next thing you know, him and Rich Paul mutually part ways. Part. It was first said that you know Rich Paul wanted him to honor that agreement with the Spurs, but I don't see that as grounds for termination. You know, so I don't know. Something happened. You know, and remember, Pop was taking shots at the Knicks. They were tired about how the Knicks got in at the last second and got him. Something happened there. I don't know. You know, maybe Rich Paul didn't tell Marcus Morris about the Knicks deal. I'm not so sure. But something happened there, and and Marcus Morris decided to fire Rich Paul. Then remember, Mitch hired Rich Paul last year and fired him right after that. Yeah, for a day. For a day, for a day, straight Grandpa think, Simpson I, memed him. I think it's safe to say we're not going to get Zach Levine. He's yeah. the clinch. Right. I saw you tweet that. I was like, yeah, yeah right. We're, That's yeah. it. We're, we're, we're not creating a great now. foundation with yeah. that company. Yeah. Nah. yeah. I mean, I think also with Leon Rose, like to even add on to CK's uh, conspiracy theory, like Leon Rose is also an attorney and was one of the top agents. So if he's in Noel's ear, if he's looking at Rich Paul and the type of like, you know, the, the strategy that he's trying to use, I don't see Leon Rose necessarily want to go work with anyone coming yeah. from Clutch unless he can get some sort of deal because what we're get what we're seeing from Clutch is that it's kind of uh, like a vice that they're trying, like a vice grip, like they're trying to get you in. Once they get you in, they can squeeze you for all the money they can. That's kind of the way it, it looks like it's going. Uh, CAA seems like to be a little bit more creative. And this is not, that's just like speculation just on how all yeah. the other contracts have played out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. It's all conspiracy because, I, like I said, like it's it's known that uh, Leon Rose has, has not been a fan of Clutch uh, for, for the entirety of his tenure with CAA um, when they came into the game, mm. the way that they were getting their, um, their players and stuff. There's articles on it and everything like that. So I just felt like it was really, 
it was really curious. Like I just I just got a little curious on him. Like, you know, Leon Rose might be using uh, you know, Nerlens Noel on this one to finally get his revenge on uh, Rich Paul. Man. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just that's just my conspiracy theory. I'm putting it all together on that one. But um, yeah, I, t- when it comes to Nerlens, I just want to uh, comment on the the thing that you guys said earlier about mm-hmm. uh, the Rich Paul and the decision. Um, when it comes to Nerlens and Rich Paul, I think, and this is not attacking his character or nothing like that, but I just feel like. And and it makes sense, you know, rightfully so. I think that just the appeal of who Rich Paul was, you know, who's in his corner, LeBron James, Benson, like all those big name guys and stuff like that. And for him to come to him and, and, and believe in his game, because remember uh, Nerlens Noel, who, who was so was known to be such a solid player coming to the draft, but he had the injury. So mm-hmm. then the draft didn't work out. His career wasn't working out, but to that point where he was about to get 70 mil. I think that was one of those things where he really just bought the, he just really took a big gulp of the Kool-Aid mm. to be completely real. I don't think there was no conversations. I don't think, I think he's just like, you know, Rich Paul who has all these great athletes, he believes in me mm-hmm. and he, um, you know, decided to go with them. And then uh, in a very Marcus Morris way, you saw that, that they had that fallout. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like, you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint who did what, who, who's to blame for what. Uh, I think there's wrongs on both sides, but I'm sick with my, my boy Nerlens. I'm hoping that Nerlens, he gets something out of we trust, man. And Nerlens, yeah, yeah, yeah. we trust. Right, right, Shout right. out to uh, Big J. Sends a super chat. He says, Happy Walters negotiated a four-year deal. Noel turned down. My question is, yeah. why was he talking or listening to Rich Paul in the first place? Take That's the like- L. So Big J, he he's going with clutch. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, listen, that I, this, listen that this that's a whole Noel thing. He ended up getting a, a bag with the Knicks. Well deserved. He he fought. He played hard all year. Well deserved. Three year, thirty two million dollar deal. The only thing, and I I'll wrap up the the Noel thing with this. Kendrick Perkins took a shot at him on Twitter. Man, it was a real sucker move. I Ooh, definitely what? did not appreciate that. And it, that was lame, man. For Kendrick yeah. Perkins to come out, you know, he signed with Clutch, and and he's saying Al Noel's wrong. That that was uncalled for. For for me, for per- Kendrick Perkins to do that, that was a sucker move. And and Noel and him got into it on Twitter, and and Knicks Nation uh, uh, attacked. We we swarmed as we usually do. So that that's what transpired <laughs> as the week came to a close. And it's, it's going to come across. <laughs> you know, I, I know a lot of players, especially that go into media, say that, oh, now, you know, especially people from previous generations say that, oh, you guys call us old heads and we're hating. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to be intelligent enough to understand that you played the same position that Noel did. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of have similar skill sets in terms of being defenders. Um, Kendrick Perkins wasn't necessarily the shot blocker that Noel was, but, you know, offensive limitations. You know, you coming out and attacking him like that, it's going to come across as, you know, because the people on social media started comparing the career earnings and it was, you know what I mean? And all that stuff. And they're saying, oh, you're just mad because you're not earning the money now and all that stuff. That's why I thought, like, bro, he played your position. He's your peer. Like, chill out, man. Yeah, that was lame. Like, like I, I know, look, Perkins is clearly, you know, trying to establish his brand. He's on ESPN now, all this, that, and the third. But you got to draw a line somewhere. And, and to me, no matter whose side he's on, um, and, and he's coming from that side of the house, you know, being a former player himself, he, he should have kept that to himself. And, and you know, he hit up Nerlens personally. You know, there's there's no reason for him to, to, to air that man out on Front Street on Twitter. That that was kind of lame. But, he, but either way, somebody saying something? No, I was just going to say, hey, ESPN is making changes. Maybe he's taking on that new role of being the next Knicks hater. 
because previously yeah. he was giving the Knicks a lot yeah, of credit. I yeah. was going to say he was with us and, last year, man. Right. Yeah, the and, old and, Nick haters and, on the way out. Perkins, I'm, I might have to roll the sleeves up and go at Perkins now, man. Cause, cause, hey, yeah, because then he's the fair one, bro. Aside from this Noel thing, I think I was read somewhere that he was saying the Knicks won't even make it past the first yep, round or yeah, something. Yeah, I see, yep. you, I see you shaking your head, CK. So you probably know I didn't read the whole yep. thing, but it was something along those lines. So that's what yeah, I'm saying. Maybe he's the next new Knicks hater with all the changes Cloud going chasing, on. Man. And Cloud. hey, you know the rule: if you want clicks, you want tweets, yeah. you want ratings, anything Knicks. Touch that's on the fact. topic, and then Nick fans react. That's a fact. That's a fact. Now, um, let, let's talk about season's expectations for Noel. You know, because as we said before, um, five points per game, six rebounds, two block shots. Uh, that's that's where his his he he uh, made his bread and butter, man. And filling in for Mitchell Robinson, twenty three minutes per game. Um, you know, no, Noel was an anchor for us, a, a different type of defender than Mitch, but no doubt an anchor for us and, and very vital to us getting that that fourth seed. Um, so, Al, I'll start with you, man. As we go into this 21-22 season, what are your uh, your, your expectations for Nerlens? I think for him, like, it depends on what how Mitchell Robinson's coming back and if he's going to be starting and what the thought process is for Mitch at, at the get-go. If Mitch is not back... You know, then I expect him to, to come in where he left off last season, being that defensive acre, shot blocker that he was. Uh, probably not as involved on offense because that's what Thibodeau doesn't really use the centers from what we're seeing, especially with Mitch and Noel. They're not offensively gifted where they they got a where they got a, a post game or they can face somebody up. You know, they don't really have a hook uh, that that they can use around the rim. So I don't expect him to be this offensive juggernaut, but. You know, and we know that Noel is not necessarily the best rebounder either, especially on the offensive glass either, but he can get you some boards here and there. So I expect him to come in doing something similar, something like I don't think we're going to see him dip. If anything, it may take a slight increase. Yeah. What he did in like OKC, you know, where he averaged seven points, like around seven points, uh, five, like I would say he keeps around the six rebounds, not really five, like what he got in, uh, in OKC, but probably – Somewhere around there is what I'm expecting from him. And still, I don't know if we're going to see the crazy amount of shot blocking that he did because he got over two blocks a game. Yeah. But pro- I would probably so- somewhere like one and a half to like 1.8 is like where I see him being a, a blocker. But it all depends on how Mitchell, if Mitchell Robbins starting the season, because if he's coming off the bench playing only 15 minutes a game like he was last season, yeah. then I don't see these type of numbers coming around at all because we're going to see a lot. We're going to see a lot. We're going to see about half then. You know, we're going to see probably like four points four rebounds, something along those lines. Yeah. Decent efficiency. That That's why I expect him to go well. I, I mean, last year, CK, man, 97th percentile in block percentage and steal per- percentage, respectively, 4.7% block percentage, 2.1% steal percentage. Uh, what are you thinking in, in terms of New Orleans this this season? Yeah, I, I think I co-sign a lot of what Alex said, but the one thing I do, I disagree with you on, especially if Mitch comes in and, um, it, well, not if, excuse me, when Mitch comes in yeah, and gets his spot right. back as a starter, mm-hmm. um, I think that the the one thing that will not dip, I, I think, might stay the same or or or, or be around uh, the range that he was at last year was the blocks. I think mm-hmm. him being coming off the bench, playing against a lot of these second units or in a lot of situational ball, I think he's going to be able to keep that um, pretty, if not close or the same. I think he might even over outdo what he did last year as a, um, a shot blocker because of um, how he's going to be used now, not as a starter. Because, I mean, we know 
Um, there was a lot of those times where he had those games where he was not getting the blocks or things like that won't work now. It's because he was playing against bigger dudes. But now when we have an actual starting center next somewhere, he can play off the bench and then deal with the second unit and stuff like that. I think that uh, Nerlens is just going to have a field day with a lot of that. Um, what I'm really looking for with, with Nerlens Noel this year, to be real with you, I think I might have said Mitch, but I'm talking about Nerlens. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but what I'm looking for with Nerlens right now, to be real, this, this, this position is the one that I'm just curious about. Because I'm looking at health, and this is for Nerlens and Mitch, because mm. we saw number 45, big rookie Jericho Sims, ready to go. And he's doing a lot of the things that these two dudes can do athletically, defensively, and he he could be back in the back uh, back in the rim, and he can jump in the air 360 and dunk that thing down. So I just feel like it's going to be really interesting health-wise for these two dudes and what happens with Jericho and stuff like that. Will Mitch be able to play uh, a, a bigger, a higher percentage of games this year compared to, you know, the year prior and somewhat the year before that? Nero's Noel, you know, he has a bit of an injury history as well. I'm looking at the health for these guys because I feel like we got a guy that's <laughs> ready to take some minutes if they're not careful. But yeah. as far as uh, Nero's Noel, I, I, to be real, I think, like Alex said, he's going to have some dip in um, his points. Uh, the rebounding, I really hope he steps up because he's going to be with that second unit. But the blocking, I'm gonna be real. I'm not. I'm not worried about. It. That's the one thing I think he's just gonna thrive in uh, continuing that energy with the second unit by you know stopping some plays around the rim and you know pushing the pace with guys like uh, you know Rose if he's off the bench again and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, defensively, I'm really looking forward to what he's gonna bring coming off the bench. We're gonna see, you know, the stuff that he did as a starter be a lot more useful as the guy coming off the bench. So I, I'm I'm excited for him as in that um, backup center role. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CP, Alex, Trataros, Tratacaster, CK2K in the building, JD Sports Talk. This is episode one of our season preview series. We're going to start off with our player expectations. We're talking about RJ Barrett, Alec Burks, and uh, right now we're talking about New Orleans Noel. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, share these videos as well. And we're going to be taking phone calls at, at the end of the uh, the program. So call us up, 657-383-1500. Nine, uh, JD. Where, where do what are you thinking about Noel uh, this season? Uh, I think you know. I think his performance in terms of the duration of the season and going into the playoffs. I think a lot of it is going to also depend on um, Mitchell Robinson and, mm-hmm. and everybody in front of him because he played excellent, but then he was on fumes in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, in the playoffs, he didn't even average. He was at 0.6 blocks per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you he know, crawled he, to the finish line, man. Yeah, yep. he crawled to the fi- finish line. He was a major liability in the pick and roll situations where, you know, he did he wasn't 100%. And now, you, you know, you don't know if you should attack the pick and roll, if you should sit back. And he was exposed in that area. And I think a lot of that had to do because of the major minutes that he that he played after Mitch Robinson was hurt. He yeah. was overextended. He had a period CP in a four game stretch where he played 40, uh, 42 minutes, 37 minutes, 40 minutes and 41 minutes. I remember that time we were talking about we didn't even know if he would make it to the planes, Facts. you know, <laughs> um, because the way Tibbs was, you know, managing his minutes. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it that that will. Call, um, that will play a major factor into him having a complete season. He's never played a 82 game, so I don't expect that to change this season. Uh, but I am still looking for him to duplicate his career high in blocks. You know, he, he was at a career high last year. I think he'll he'll have close to that again, two to two point five, maybe even get close to three blocks per game. And the reason I say that 
is because I think you'll have more opportunities, him and Mitchell Robinson this year, mm-hmm. to block shots because, you know, Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock are gone. And with Fournier and Kemba, there's going to be more opportunities at the rim to protect the rim, which could, you know, cause, true, true. Um, which could result in additional blocks. And so I think those numbers could spike up a little bit. And listen, I, I'm if Mitch is healthy, I think he'll have the same impact. But I think we'll be able to see it for a full season and into the playoffs as long as we don't overextend his minutes just because of his body. He's not too strong. And, you know, you take a beating in an 82-game season. So um, I think you'll have an excellent year, excellent defensive year. And, you know, I think you'll have some of the same numbers that he had last season, two blocks, six, seven rebounds, four to five points per game. Yeah, that, that's a good point, man, especially when you're talking about adding Kemba, Fournier. You still have Derrick Rose there. You know, if the dribble penetration um, breaks down as at the point of attack, you know, Noel could be there cleaning up and, and Mitch as well. So it could bode well for both. I, I think Noel's production, you know, five, six, two blocks per game. Maybe the boards may come down a little bit depending on, on how many minutes he gets. But I think, number one, it starts with Mitch's health. Can Mitch continue to stay healthy? Can Mitch continue to stay disciplined? When it, when it comes to fouling and things of that nature. Can he stay in the game? I mean, Noel got 23 minutes per game last year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how Mitch impacts that. But I first want to see, I think Mitch will start. To, to your point, Al, I think Mitch will get to start. Once he comes into camp, he, he's ready to go. And, and, uh, and that'll be the move. Because like I said, I, I just think he provides way more perimeter versatility than what Noel can give you and 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 an elite shot blocker um, in his own regard. So I think Mitch will get to start. I'm also curious, though, to see, you know, does Tibbs favor more offense in certain games and go Taj at the five, Obi at the five? You know, does, does, he, does he play around with the small ball, Obi at the five? Or does he go Taj, Obi front court with... The three, the three guard rotation of Rose, IQ, and Burks. Because remember that lineup. That lineup had one of the best offensive ratings in the league off the bench. That was one of the best benches in the league with Taj in there. Once Noel got moved to the starting lineup, so I'd be interested to see if if Taj, you know, challenges for some of those backup five minutes, and maybe that cuts down uh, on some of Noel's pr- production there. So it's, it's so, gonna be interesting. How it pans it's the out. OB thing for me. I'm not. I'm just not there. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't see like it. I think it's a long shot. I, it's wishful yeah, thinking, I mean, bro. If there, if there's anything it, it, during the game and lineup, sure. But man, I just, I just, I'm just not crazy about mm-hmm. OB at the five. I feel like that, 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 that hurts the poor kid at doing what he does well. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just, I don't want to see it. Yeah, it, Mike D'Antoni was coaching thing, this team. Right, Mike D'Antoni was coaching. <laughs> bro, this team. He, bro, yeah. he might be the starter, starter. for yeah. the night at the five. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I just think you know, the, it's just on this situation is like you have to find some minutes for Obi. But yeah. you know, with Tibbs, I, when you look at the contract they gave Noel, um, even if it came out a little bit better after it was officially reported, mm-hmm. uh, Mitch in a contract year as well. If you look at, you know, the drafting of Jericho Sims, it just seems like Tibbs just loves those type of centers that can yep. be athletic. Yeah. Um, he doesn't care if they're they're light, if, if they're, you know, doesn't look for it. He just wants a specific guy that can block shots, that can protect the rim, and that can, you know, rotate out and guard some of these guards. And, you know, these guys have that ability. So when I look at that, 
And I look at the fact that Tibbs is a coach that has shown us that he wants a consistent rotation. He's not going to play around too much. It's just hard for me to think that he's going to just bench Noel or something unless yeah. there's an injury. That's why I think Taj is back, but Taj may just be back for leadership and emergency, emergency minutes. Emergency situation. I would. I, I want him to yeah. mix it up, uh, CP. Yeah. I want him to be a little flexible, but I just look at it and I just think, especially this year, again, with Kemba and, and Fournier, I just think he's going to try to get that 48 minutes of rim protection. At yeah, the that's true. And and also, you know, hopefully you factor in an offensive uptick in Obi in his little limited minutes. So, you know, you can have a, a more defensive oriented five out there in Noel over Taj. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't expect uh, Noel, you know, one of his, his deficiencies was certainly in the rebounding, in particular defensive rebounding. His defensive rebounding um, percentage was uh, 16.4% last year. That put him in the 38th percentile. Offensively, he was actually a little bit better. He was 9.9% in terms of offensive rebounding percentage, and that was he, that put him in the 70th percentile in the league. But, you know, I don't really expect him to, to improve, especially on the defensive end, because he, I don't think he, he's physically built that way. But... You know, I, I think the block should hover around the same, and and as you said, JD, maybe even increase if if uh, if if there's a bit of Matador D uh, on the per, on the perimeter. So let, let's see how it plays out. With. Do you think he's a guy that the Knicks won't be would would include in a trade package at the deadline? Like, do you think? Now you see that's the that's the tricky thing about this team too. Yeah, is when you look at these agency relationships, the college relationships, the Kentucky connection. You know, I just wonder if Leon Rose would be willing to put Noel in a package deal on the trade deadline if the Knicks are contending and it just means the team gets like, I just wonder if the Knicks would do something like that. Um, and, you know, they sign a lot of these contracts to give them flexibility. Um, do you think you think you think they would move him? Nobody's untouchable, bro. Mm. No, nobody's untouchable, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody's untouchable. If they find the right yeah. package, it's it was he, hey he, he gave us all he had. Thank thanks for your service. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's how I see. No, especially no if you have, especially if Jericho Sims, if he's playing like in Westchester and he's showing off that he's more than capable of playing at the NBA level, then you have more than enough reason to trade Noel too. If like you got Jericho right there, yeah. he's ready to step up. Right. Uh, that's right. Uh, how about you people in the chat? What are your expectations for Nerland's Noel going into the season? Leave us some comments in the chat. We'll shout you guys out. Also, if you guys are new in the chat, new to the show, type in hashtag new in the chat and we'll shout you guys out as well. All right. So that was Nerland's Noel, fellas. The next guy up. And JD, you, you, you saw that I was strategic in my pairings because you noticed this is my guy. Outside of RJ Broadway Barrett, my favorite <laughs> Nick. Was one Alec Burks. Yes, Alec Burks. 12 points per game, four rebounds, two dimes, 41% from three. But the one thing about Burks, man, that, that he showed us last year was that uh, he was Mr. Fourth Quarter, man. Al Alec Burks was Mr. Fourth Quarter so many times for this team. Um, I remember I was at the Kings game, Knicks versus Kings. He had 19 points in the fourth quarter against the Kings. The Pelicans game, 11 points against the Pelicans in the fourth quarter where no team could get a bucket, led the team, put the team on his back in New Orleans and got him a win against the Pelicans. Comes back from COVID against the Spurs, 16 points in the fourth quarter on his way to a season high, 30 
points per game. Um, CK, kick us off, man. What are you? What are your expectations for Alec Burks in the twenty one twenty two season? This is going to be interesting, man. I, I'm excited. I, it, it's it's as a fan, it's like, oh man, one of my favorite players might not play, but at the same time, like just knowing that we have depth at mm-hmm. that position, that position now, it's fun. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, like you mentioned, Alec Burks, uh, when when he was on, he was on. We saw that in very a lot of instances. We even saw that uh, briefly in the playoffs as well. Yep. I mean, it did cool off a little bit, but we saw it briefly. So. You know, offensively, we know that he's that guy, especially where we're going to need that juice off the bench. Um, uh, I think we talked about it a while ago last time I was on. Like, we have that – we have the possibility of being able to start the game a lot better than we did last year and then be able to continue that with the second unit. And I think that is only (laughs) – that's a a big part of that is going to be Alec Burks offensively. But then I'm just looking at the defense. I'm just looking to see what – if Tom Thibodeau – because it's it, he's going to have a real conflict of interest if you if you really think about it because if Q uh, starts off and he you know if the, even the shots not hitting or whatever we saw the defense I know it's just summer league but the defense looked like it translated pretty well and if now we're seeing it against NBA players and it's you know game. 22 game uh, you know 25 and he's still out here locking up some of the other teams better um, scores what what happens you know so i'm just very interested to see what happens with these rotations look knowing that we got these defensive guys on the bench and if alec burke's shots not hitting what happens next but it's strictly talking about alec burks um i i, I really don't know i i don't know like because we got we got evan fournier too it's interesting man it, yeah. it's an interesting interesting position but um i i, I definitely would give him uh, the first the first shot for sure um, coming off the bench season begins um, if Fournier starting whatever um, definitely Alec Burks is one of the uh, main guys in rotation at least to begin the season I don't know what, what happens past that um, will he have similar numbers to last year that's going to be tough uh, maybe he does but I don't know if I'm in that camp where I think he's going to um, rock around the same numbers that he did last year just because we have so much more depth at the guard right. whether it be point guard or the shooting guard or even if he slides to the three maybe that helps him out a little bit but we'll see what happens when he's playing against some of the other bigger threes in some uh, against uh, with the other teams that we play against so I don't know if his stats are going to be around the same but what I do know is he's going to definitely going to be that uh flamethrower for us uh hopefully a lot more consistent but again a lot like Nerlens Noel I'm looking at him health wise too because that's just always been his biggest knot mm-hmm. his entire career he was Really, I feel like, you know, outside of COVID um, and uh, I cannot remember the injury he had early on, it it would for, for, compared to Alec Burks that we've seen the other teams, it was doable. Like, yeah, I feel like we yeah. were fine. We, we, I, think we got it was, good I think it was an ankle. Numbers. I think it was an ankle. Right. Yeah. 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 So and, and that's doable. Like, you know, what I mean, the amount of games he missed was not clearly uh, the amount that he normally missed with a lot of the uh, his past teams. So. Um, I, I definitely believe that he is going to be a, a, a big factor for us offensively. But man, I. I'm really interested to see how this uh, this guard roulette uh, turns out when it comes uh, game three or 30, excuse me, of the season. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't feel like anyone said I know he's a vet and, you know, Tibbs loves his vets, but he also loves his defense. And if he's seeing some defense from some of these other cats, yeah, I, 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 I'm really curious to see what happens next. So but as of right now, I just don't think he's going to match the same stats from last season. But I do definitely believe he's going to be instant offense like he has been for us. And he's going to come clutch with us in some games in the beginning part of the season. Al, how about you, man? See, I actually now this is where I actually differ from CK. I actually think he's going to maintain the similar stats that he did uh, last season, just because okay. of the small sample size that he did when he was in Philadelphia for a 2019-2020 season. 
on fewer on was it like on an average of like six minutes less he was averaging Ooh. around the same so i think he could do it if he's getting less of evan, evan fournier is starting and getting close to that 30 minutes you want to bring in um alec burks and come in for the remainder of that something close to 20 minutes or just like something like i'm not gonna be splitting here it's like down to the second but like essentially if he's getting 20 minutes at that point i think he can keep up the 12 points i think his rebounding is very good for like a shooting guard. He was averaging yeah. close to five rebounds per game. Uh-huh. So definitely want to keep that. I could see him keeping that same impact, but to add on to what CK said, like, yeah, like we saw Deuce McBride, especially with his defense at summer league. We don't know if he can translate that. We saw that what IQ can do. We know, I think the back, I think the initial, I think the initial second unit is going to stay the same coming out of the gate. And I think it's going to stay the same just yeah, because of too. how tone it was from last season. I mean, having Derek Rose, Emmanuel quickly, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, and then you can put that was Jones a beastly Noel lineup, man. Yeah. That was a beastly yeah. lineup for us, bro. So beastly. And you know, like the best thing about it is that Alec Burks was in out of all the, out of playing the wings, he was in the 87th percentile from shooting from all threes. You know, mm-hmm. he shot 42% from three and that's on, what was it? What was the uh, the numbers on that? Uh, the that volume was, on, was pretty good. It was, 100, it was 200. It was a he made 100 shots out of 239 attempts from threes. Mm. So I expect that to be sick up there as well because he also did something sim- like reducing the sample size. He was keeping up the same percentages while in Philadelphia. I expect him to keep to have his spot bearing any injury. And if any injury comes along and someone is playing above his level, then maybe that's where it comes out. Just throw in Deuce McBride because we saw what Deuce McBride did did during summer league and we saw his defensive intensity. I'm not saying Deuce is going to outright earn it, but if he can translate what he did from summer league, I could see Alec Burks being kind of for it just because the, the, the difficulty is that Alec Burks is like such a tall guard slash wing six, six Deuce is short. So I don't see, I don't see Tibbs giving up height and just for, you know, at, at that position too, because Burks can play the two, the three when he's in that second unit. So I don't know if, I don't know. I don't know if his position is that, that like on the line if he even if he's injured now the more i'm like talking out i'm thinking about it i think his i think his position is pretty secured and i'm pretty confident he's going to do the same thing they did last season jd man you know as erratic as burks can be i thought he he did well in other areas man 13.1 assist percentage 71st percentile 8.4 percent turnover percentage 86 percentile he was assisted on 56% of his shots, 83rd percentile, 41% from three. Effective field goal percentage in pull-ups. This was an interesting one. Um, in pull-ups, and this is why I felt like they, they kept him more so than, than Bullock. Effective field goal percentage in pull-ups, um, 53% uh, on four attempts. He shot better from three on pull-ups than he didn't catch and shoot last year. And, and so I, I think, and, and as Alex mentioned, defensive rebounding, it was 16.5 defensive rebounding percentage. That put him in the 90th percentile. I mean, Burks really came through as a utility player for us, man. I, I like that they brought him back, but what do you expect from him uh, next season? You know, it, it's, I think I may be leading towards Alex in terms of being able to maintain those stats. And the only reason now... Uh, it's going to be so difficult to do these expectations for all these players because yeah, a lot of these players, a lot of it is revolving on health, you yep. know, with Noel, with Mitch. And it's like, so it's hard to kind of evaluate what type of minutes they're going to get and the availability. Cause I think that will, that will matter, especially in Tibbs rotations. Um, but if, if he's healthy, the only thing he has to be is a little bit more consistent, but 
Tibbs trusted him a lot last year yes, in did. big moments. Yes, he did. You know, even over RJ a lot of yes, times. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Even the fourth over, over the number three overall pick. So when I look at that, he's 30 years old. So does he really fit that magical timeline that we talk about? No, and they still brought him back. Uh, when I look at the fact that from the right corner three, he shot 64%, mm-hmm. you know, from the corner three overall, he was at 37%. That's a big number in Tibbs' system is those guys that have the ability to shoot the corner three. And when you look at currently, who would you say is our best defender at that wing position? I mean, Burks to me is a better defender than Fournier. Is it RJ now? It's RJ. Thanks you don't RJ. have... You know what I mean? So, I but but Burks is still a solid defender. He's not a great defender. I would say RJ is a better defender yeah. as well. Um, but what I'm saying is Burks, for what we have now, and you look at potential lineups in the fourth quarter, don't be surprised if Burks is in there somehow. Yeah, that, cl- that clutch <laughs> lineup. Tibbs. That clutch lineup. We're we, we going to talk about that in a later episode, but that clutch yeah. lineup is going to be very, it's very gonna interesting, be, bro. It's going to be interesting because <laughs> yeah. Burks gives you the ability to play emergency minutes at the point. You don't want that, but he gives you that ability. Um, anywhere you put him, he can dribble. He can create his own shot. Yeah. Um, so I think – Hey, he has to he has to be available, but I think he's going to he's going to be in the conversation for for, you know, 20, 25 minutes again. And I expect him to give you the same percentages from three. I expect him to be at 38 to 40 percent. And, you know, hey, uh, depending on how that lineup is off the bench, he may be another featured guy. Um, you know, with Rose and quickly, yeah. depending how 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 the game goes. I think when we see these players. Tibbs has a lot of weapons to kind of manage the game. Whoever's hot that night, that's who he's probably going to go with. But I think, I think, I think Burks will have a good season. Yeah, likewise, man. I want to shout out Carlo87, team hashtag new. Brendan Forrest style, team hashtag new. How you feeling? Uh, salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Junior Karoma says, Burks is my guy. Yeah, Burks mm-hmm. is my guy too, man. Definitely erratic. You know what I'm saying? But I always like those those erratic. He's a he's a cardiac <laughs> Nick, man. He's a he's yeah, a cardiac Nick. Sure. True blue. True blue. You know what I'm saying? And and very uh professional, you know, stays under the radar and, and just gets buckets. That that's what for I sure. like about Burks, man. Um again, interesting because I'm with you guys and that injury could play a factor in it. You know, he he does get those ticky tack injuries. Had COVID last year. That could be in play. You knock on wood. You hope not. But, you know, anything is possible when these guys are traveling and playing an 82-game season. So does that make room for McBride and Grimes to, to get their playing time? I also wonder if his minutes stay the same based on potential load management. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With Kemba and Rose and does Tibbs rely on him as the primary ball handler off the bench when one of those guys can't go or, you know, if both of those guys aren't available? Because we, we saw that Burks was the, the emergency point guard last year. Um, and, and we always question whether or not, you know, IQ should have that, that role or is he better suited uh, off the ball and where, where his primary responsibility will be to shoot. So I think that'll be interesting. But I think Fournier's role and addition here could impact um, Burks's numbers in that Burks was, a lot of times Burks was brought in in place of Bullock to yeah. be a more dynamic playmaker and shot creator, especially later on in games. Sometimes for RJ, remember those, those Miami games when he had RJ out, uh, tips took RJ out of the fourth quarter. He had Burks in there. So I'm wondering with Fournier here, does that cut Burks's minutes a little bit? Because now you have a reliable shot creator, reliable playmaker and, and the guy that you just paid, <laughs> you know, four years, uh, whatever you gave him. To be your your starting uh to a, your, your starting wing, so I think Fournier could have an impact on Burks's minutes, but no doubt I think the the three point percentages will certainly remain the same. Uh, will the minutes taper here and there? You know I think that'll be left to be seen, and, and maybe the the points may go down a little bit based on that. But I think for the most part, um, career wise, he's always hovered around you know, high 30s, low 40s on three-point percentage, and I, I don't see that changing next year. I think Burks will be another impact piece off the bench for us. So, uh, good pickup, good pickup. Two-year deal, and then the, the third year is an option, you know, on the, on the yeah. three-year 30. So, we're good to go. And if you, if you, you know, if you guys have been um, seeing some of these uh, uh, statements coming from the front office after uh, a lot of the signings of the players that were here last year, you see a little consistent message that Leon Rose is putting out on the, you know, with the PR account mm-hmm. with the Knicks in that they value these guys that, you know, built, you know, brought us to this point. Um, okay. Talking about, you know, one of the reasons we brought these guys back is because they brought, you know, they created that culture, you know, maintaining stability, mm-hmm. maintaining consistency. So if that's the case, these guys got first dibs on minutes over some of these rookies and the other young players. And that's why I think, Burks being one of the major, uh, you know, components to a successful season last year is going to still be, you know, one of the biggest factors in Tibbs rotation. 
True indeed, well said, and salute to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys, this is the first episode of the season preview series, make sure you guys are hitting that like button, hit that subscribe button, share these videos, and hit the notification bell, number one show for the fans, by the fans, Knicks Fan TV, presented by Manscaped, fellas, Manscaped is the number one men's grooming tool below the waist, don't be caught out here lacking, go ahead and go get the Ferrari of ball trimmers, and that is the Lawnmower 4.0, and what I love about the lawnmower fellas number one is the skin safe technology that's number one skin safe ceramic blade technology so you could uh you know maintain your hedges down there without risk of injury you have the uh led spotlight very very bright so you know it, you could use it in the dark if you want to do it in the dark whatever you into you could do that as well you could also use it as a flashlight man if you, if you, you know lights go out in the house that spare flashlight for you nice design also uh great battery life wireless or wired charger on the lawnmower 4.0 and uh you can go to manscape.com enter promo code nix for 20 percent off plus free shipping it's a great deal also go ahead and check out the performance package 4.0 which comes with the lawnmower 4.0 the weed whacker which is the air nose trimmer you get the ball toner the ball deodorant and a pair of boxer briefs so definitely appreciate our friends from manscaped for supporting the show and they will be our presenting sponsor for the whole 21-22 season so definitely appreciate my friends at manscaped and remember they not only deliver in the u.s but also the uk Europe, South Africa, Australia, and Singapore. So to all our friends around the world, go ahead and go get that support the show. And uh, we, we'd very much appreciate it. All right, fellas. So we talked about Noel. We talked about uh, uh, Alec Burks. And again, timing is everything because, you know, we're, Knicks, the Knicks fan is a, is a sucker for off-season workouts you know what i mean the the good old off-season workout video and as soon as i seen this one i said oh yeah i'm throwing this thing up there and i'm just gonna sit back <laughs> like mj on his ipad Uh-oh. in the last stand and watch the overreactions come in because over the weekend on friday i dropped the video of rj working out at drew hanlon's yeah. uh open gym Teaming up with Trey Young to the dismay of some Knicks fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they they weren't feeling that. Ck, they weren't Mm-mm. feeling that at all. Mm-mm. You had you, he was playing with Melo, which which I liked. You know, a lot of guys. Well, you, had, you had Bradley Beal there, Kelly Oubre. It was star studded, star studded open gym, man. He, even you saw RJ hit that a nice little uh, mid range fadeaway. So so that was nice. But uh, either way, you know, RJ year three. You know, we talk about our additions this year and JD you had mentioned it on the previous show where you know you, you can't discredit an RJ year three improvement being another addition so to speak to this team in terms of improving this team and moving it forward and there's no doubt man second year RJ I think he he blew past my expectations you know just speaking for myself um 17 points per game five rebounds three dimes 40% from three and uh, 75% from the line, man. Uh, JD, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, man. Year three expectations for Broadway Barrett. What are you thinking, bro? Well, this, this, this was definitely an anticipated uh, topic because, yeah. you know, it, it's great that we start with him on the first show because he's our number three overall pick, guy. highest pick since Patrick Ewing. And, a lot of what, you know, the Knicks 
success or failures this year, a lot of that is now on RJ's shoulders. And I've never seen so much evaluation on a 40-second oh, clip. Oh, man. Posting. Really? I mean, oh, man. I mean, he's not playing defense. He's standing up too high. He's not working on his right man, hand. I'm used to those by now, man. Why is those he playing with Trey Young? Yeah, Trey's not man. passing him the ball. They, they, yeah. they, oh, man, bro. Go ahead, bro. Oh, my God. And, and I mean, hey, I, he, he did do a, a, a little mid-range shot pull up yeah. that, you know, you said that's what you want to see. Nice. So that was that was good to see. Um, and he looks strong, man. He's like the biggest out on the court. He looks like he got bigger, bro. Like he was towering like he over a lot, of the, a lot of those other wing players. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. So, listen, I think, you know, it's time. It's time for him to take a big step. Now, I, I said on a previous show that for me, the way that I evaluate him taking a big step is for me is he defensively, um, just because no Peyton, no Bullock, it's 48, is Fournier going to guard, you know, some of these top wings? No. Is it going to be Burks? He's not starting. It has to be RJ. So, you know, when I talk about offseason additions, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they had Middleton multiple years in Giannis. A lot of times we look at offseason additions and we don't think about the internal offseason additions mm-hmm. of players getting better, like our, uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle wasn't a new transaction last offseason, but that was an offseason addition in terms of his improvement. So if he can get better and he can take that next step up defensively, if he could take on the challenge, I think that'll be a big step for him becoming a complete player um, and for the Knicks organization. Now, in terms of him offensively, is he going to get 20 points? I don't know, CP, just because... You got Fournier, you got Kemba. If Kemba's healthy, he's going to take shots. Julius Randle's going to look to be, you know, hit some of those bonuses. I think he hits 20 points. I think he hits 40%, 39% from three, because I actually think this year he's going to get even more open looks with Kemba and playing with Rose off the bench. Um, if everybody stays intact, I think he'll get good looks again. And I, I you know, I, I see him making a big leap but not statistically, again, defensively and maintaining some of those shooting percentages, hitting the 20 point mark would be like a two, three point uh, increase. When you look at Julius Randle, a lot of people act like the numbers Julius Randle hit last year, he's never done before. Um, he, he improved incrementally, but his biggest impact was his impact on the court. So that's why I look RJ to be impactful is, Take that defensive assignment, shoot 40% from three, be consistent, and prove that you can be a player in the fourth quarter because we saw many times Tibbs did not go to him in the fourth quarter. You know, prove that you can be a, a, a an option as a closer for the team. Al, how about you, man? I see, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what JD said. I'm exp- I, I would expect RJ to take another step forward. We heard that. You know, Drew Hannon wanted to practice with RJ doing off the dribble type shot, uh, off the dribble shooting. So we'll see if how how far he takes that. But I, I could see RJ getting up to 20 points a season. I mean, if we look at the Knicks as a team last season, they were ranked 26 in how many points they averaged throughout the season with 100 and was 107 points uh, per game. Top team was the Milwaukee Bucks with 120. So there's some room, you know, even with the addition of Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker to the team, you know, I expect the offense to be a little bit more open for RJ to get better looks too. It's not going to be as 
close as it was with either with just having Reggie Bullock as a three-point option. Now you have four guys who can shoot the three-point shot. So that opens it up for RJ. So I don't think 20 points to go from 17 to 20 is going to be that difficult for him, especially if he's able to even draw more contact from, for fouling too. If they're changing the foul, the fouling rules and not giving players like the, the ability to like make was the uh, unnatural movement, then they're actually going to call legitimate fouls this season. I can see him still getting there. You know, he got up to 17, uh, CPU and I discussed even last season when he was rookie that he can get up to 18 if he can hit his mid-range yeah. shots, which he started to do. He hit three-pointers, which he started to do. And he got to the line, he was hitting his free throws. He hit 72%, I believe, from from uh, the free throw line. So I can see RJ get to, to 20. I think for him, you know, the thing that I really want to see from him is a little bit more playmaking this season. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be the real question is, can he be another option? You know, we're no, we know we're going to get Evan Fournier who's going to contribute to some playmaking, be like a second or third option on the team. You're going to have Julius Randle, who I presume to still be either, I guess, the second or the primary, depending on how Tibbs wants to run this team. You got Kimball Walker out there who can help as well. So seeing if RJ can also facilitate, get other guys involved, and whether it's just dribble penetration, you know, he did he did better finishing around the – he did improve finishing around the rim and using his right hand as well. So let's see if he can take that to another level. And I think RJ can take – so I don't expect it to be like a massive improvement. Like what we saw last season was just – huge seeing like 40 to go from 32% to 40% three point percent percentage. It's huge. I don't expect it to be a natural fluent uh, shot creator off the dribble either, but I do expect some, a slight improvement from him at, at minimum. I think 20 points getting maybe like three and a half assists per game. Still, I don't know if we're going to get 40, maybe 38% from three, but increasing that field goal percentage to being 46 would probably where I want to see it just being that type of player. Yeah. And, and uh, shout out the original man in the chat, as, as he said, um, side note, you know, with with the additions of Kemba and, and Fournier and, you know, we know RJ's prowess to rebounding. You now have four guys that, that could bring the ball up and, and push the break, you know, start the break. Uh, so I, I think that that's great, you know, in, in having those additions and in, including RJ. Um, CK, how about you, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Alex brought it up because that was the big um the big difference I think we're going to see in RJ Barrett's game in year three is going to be the playmaking aspect. He's always had that. That's one thing we have not got to see um, on a consistent level uh, as a Nick is his playmaking ability. I mean, Duke, he was around like 4.5, 4.3. Someone looked that up uh, assist per game Um, back in high school. He was a guy that was one of the predominant ball handlers, even though they had other point guards, Mm -hmm. they was running with that. That's just what his game typically was. We saw a little bit with, with team Canada. That's just, you know, that's the kind of player that he, um, he is, and I feel like, you know, you, you can point at number six and all other kind of reasons, but to what you just said, CP, with having more guys that can move the ball in Fournier and Kimba Walker, we're going to have um, less situations of when we have a fast break, we, we're not going to know what to do with it. We're going to have more situations where you can see that the ball is going to be moving around a lot more. And I, I think that RJ Baird is going to thrive in that, especially with the starting unit. I, I, I'm having a hard time predicting points. I, I love the confidence in uh, in my man JD and in my man Alex in the 20. Po- I, I really want my heart, my RJ Barrett fandom is sitting here saying, year three, give me 21 a game. Yeah. I'm ready to yeah. see it. But because of the, ad, the additions and everything we've done, I, I'm just, I, and, and to me, it wouldn't be a, a, a bad thing, but I'm looking more 
around like a 19.4 kind of uh, kind of rise. I think he's going to go from 17 to 19, which to me is still not bad, but it's just when we have the, we have weapons, you know, and we have firepower off the bench. It's just going to be, I see the Knicks being a little bit more of a spread offense rather than just the go-to kind of mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. I think Julius Randle's going to get a brunt of the offense. Kemba, if healthy, is going to get a brunt of the lot, a lot of the offense. RJ Barrett's going to fit in where he can fit in. Maybe to JD's point, he does get those open shots in the corner to a, a lot more frequently this year compared to last year. And he got him pretty a, a, a lot last year, but we just missed him a lot. So maybe because of shots and openings like that, he might get to the, the 20. But I just feel like with the team we have right now, bench, IQ, everybody, I feel like we're going to see more of a spread offense yeah. um, as far as our statistics for these guys. And because of that, I think it, it, we will, we're going to have to wait another year before we see RJ averaging around the 20 points per game. But in, in no way to why do I say this slight? And I, 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 I agree with Alex again on three-point percentage. I don't see him riding that 40. I mean, he barely made the 40, and I'm going to give it to him until the day I die that he got yeah. 40% from three-point percentage. But I think he's going to be around 38, which is good. I, I, I want to see him get to like that 45, 46 from the field because he missed a lot of gimmies around the rim, yeah, which is did. his bread and butter. So hopefully, you know, he got that worked out. We've seen how big he is now. We're seeing him add that to his game. But the big things I'm looking at is the playmaking ability of RJ Bear. I want to see him bring that to the NBA level. And I think now with the personnel that we added, we're going to see more of that. And another, uh, just a little tidbit, I'm looking at the steals. I think RJ Barrett's steals are going to jump up a little bit this year. I think he's going to average around 1.3, 1.4 steals per game. I, I'm looking at that one. I think that the def- the defense, we're not talking enough about with RJ Barrett. I think he might up that up a little bit. But definitely going to see a nice year three out of RJ Barrett for sure. Great, great points. Great points. Yeah, somebody else is something? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, the only way, and I agree with CK, because a lot of it is, you know, you also have additional offensive additions to the team. So, mm-hmm. you know, he averaged just about 15 shots per game last year on 35 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. We, we, you expect him to take 20 shots now? So I think two things that he needs to do where he can get to 20 points, which is only two and a half, three points more from what he did. It's just two things he needs to do while still shooting the same percentages is just finish better at the rim. And I would like for him to get to the free throw line more. He averaged 3.8 free throw attempts, Yep. right? He actually averaged more free throws as a rookie Mm -hmm. free throw attempts. He just didn't hit many. He was a 61% free throw shooter his rookie year. He was a 74% free throw shooter his sophomore year. Get to the free throw line from four free throws. You know, shoot three more free throws. Let's get you, let's get you at the free throw line six, seven times. Let's go from 74.6. Let, let, let's get at 79, 80% at the free throw. You do that and you finish a little bit better at the basket. You don't need to shoot more CP to get, you know, to actually yeah. have a statistical increase. You just need to finish, become more efficient at specific areas that he was weak at this year. I think that's where his improvement could come is just getting better in those areas. A lot of people think sometimes that a statistical breakout year means that you have to do so many more shoot things. Right. But now he has to yeah. shoot right. seven, eight threes. Just now, right. you know, no, just look yeah. at where the areas you were inefficient and make those areas efficient. Yeah especially when you factor in the fact, you know, the, the fact that he can get to the rim with ease, you know, and he's getting bigger now. He's, he's filling out more. Um, getting to the rim is not a problem. Now, the handles you want to see improve. You want to see him develop the right hand as well. Can, you know, can he get a little bit more ambidextrous? Definitely want to see that. But, you know, even with those deficiencies, he can still get to the rim at will. I mean, the frequency at the rim, he was in the 92nd percentile last year. 85th percentile this year in terms of shooting at the rim 40 48 percent 42 percent respectively but he finished abysmal 
He finished 54%, 55% respectively in his, in his first two years at the rim. That put him in the 22nd and the 24th percentile uh, respectively. So I'm, I'm with you, JD. The, that's one major area um, of improvement that you would expect RJ to be better at. Um, also, to your point on defense, you know, I, I've been saying this for a while, and it's not to say that he was locked down by any stretch, but Bullock took a lot of bullets for this team on the defensive end night in and night out by most of the time taking on the hardest assignments. And I think for the most part, I think Fournier will, will get some of that, those duties as well, but RJ is going to take on a lot. And when you think yeah. about the division alone, I mean, somebody's got to guard KD, Harden. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ben Simmons is light work. RJ always takes it to Ben Simmons. I'm not worried about that. Maybe Tobias, he's got to take on Middleton, Jimmy Butler. You got to take on on the Jays, Jason Tatum, Jalen Jalen Brown, right? Uh, you got to take on Bradley Beal. You know he's, he's going to draw some tough tough assignments on, on a nightly basis, and I'm wondering if that impacts his offensive game next sure. year because he's going to have to be working on the other end as well. So that's going to be left to be seen. I think having Kemba and Fournier um, better overall facilitators than you had in Peyton and Bullock. Should help RJ get more opportunities. Uh, you know, Kemba can get some tunnel vision as well, but not as bad as as Peyton does. So maybe that gets RJ a, a one or two or maybe three more open threes a game. Factor in Fournier's ability to play make as well, his unselfishness. I think that could bode well for RJ as well. Um, one major area, which is what he's working on this year, he was assisted on ninety eight percent of his three point. Uh, makes this year 98% that put him in a 28th percentile he's got to show the ability for me if he's going to hit that 20 mark like we said finishing better at the rim but can he create more for himself at the three-point line and I think that that's what he's working on we saw some 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 highlights of that in the Olympics you know a couple nice step back threes and things of that nature and Drew Hanlon like I said they they've come out and say that that's that's one area of focus is is more shot creation on the pull-ups and again 98 percent of his three-point makes uh came assisted most of that by Julius Randle so I think for him to hit that 20 mark um, finishing better at the rim, as you said, JD, but also being able to create more from three, and and he should be able to get there. But no doubt, I think year three of RJ um, is gonna be is gonna be critical. But his work ethic uh, shows me that I think he can get there. I think he can, I think he can get to that twenty point mark. I think he'll continue to be a solid rebounder as he has been. 5.8 last year. I think he could still hover around six. And then uh, you guys have mentioned on the shot creation, you know, three three assists last year. Can he get can he get to four four and a half? You know, I don't five might be a jump, but you know maybe four and a half. I always liked how we started the games off when Mitch was healthy. We started that that Gotham lob or that pick and roll action with RJ and Mitch. You know, try to get RJ going early. That was a that was a big staple of the offense, especially early last year. Uh, and I thought that once Mitch went down, that kind of impacted. Uh, you know, some of RJ's assist numbers because he didn't really have that, you know, that guy to, to throw it over the top to. But yep. um, being able to finish better at the rim could also help, you know, in, in terms of um, um, getting those assists there. But I'd like to see them uh, go to him in the offense a little bit more. Will he be a more featured part of the offense when that first unit gets subbed out, especially Julius? 
you know, will they go to RJ a little bit more there? And, and yeah, it's going to be left to be seen, man. I still go back to the game against Golden State because, to me, as a facilitator, that was his, that was his best game of the season. And they ran so many plays through RJ that night, and they destroyed the Warriors. This nice. was in Golden State. They, they ran yeah, out of the building. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, you know, I, I wanted to see that more. For some reason, we just – it was yeah, so sporadic in terms of, of, of how we had him handling the offense. But that night in particular stood out to me because he can do it. I, I think he, he can he can certainly um, play make a lot more than, than uh, he's been given the opportunity to. So I think that will be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, part of that inconsistency in terms of, you know, giving him the ball more, I think he came with, you know, he was so efficient from the corner three. He was efficient from three per range. I think the team may have just just fell in love with that and and played it safe. Yeah. Um, and, and, and him not, I mean, I wish I could sit down with Nick fans and we could all be in a room and there could be a projector so we can look at the way that these teams were defending us when Alfred Payton was on the court. I mean, there's some threads on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was disgusting. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, these guys, as soon as any time that there was a guard of the Knicks, whether it was RJ or, or Burks and Payton was on the court at the first sign of that guard attacking the basket, you always saw Payton's defender just collapse mm-hmm. and become an extra defender. So he's, it, it, this could be the year that you, even with Kemba, Kemba's not necessarily facilitating point guard. You have an opportunity with Fournier on one side, Kemba still shoots 36% from three. He's going to have better spacing for you to kind of be creative with his abilities. And just two quick points. I think one is impressive that, you know, for a sophomore player, that's 21 years old, that's shooting 40% from three, that's averaged 17 points his sophomore year. I think it's impressive that here we are still talking about areas that he can get better at, and yet this is what he displayed his second year. That's the first thing. I'm encouraged. Yeah. The second thing that is going to be important, and I think for Knicks fans, is what they're really going to be looking for, CP, is the playoffs. So, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. you know major, what I mean? Like, major, like, major. like we're projecting for the season, but I think especially like with Randall and like RJ, you know, RJ shot, uh, what was it? Uh, 38% from the field and only 28% from yeah. three. A lot of his numbers dipped in the playoffs and it's fine. You know, it's his first playoff experience mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But now we have expectations year three. Once we get to the playoffs, you know, he can have the same year, same numbers he had last season. But if he's able to provide that in the playoffs, oh, he'll be the man. He'll be the that's man, all that we were, we're yeah, going to care the about man, at the end of the day. 1, so I think for him, you know, the mental side of the of, of the basketball game is another step. We don't talk a lot about the mental part of the game mm-hmm. when we evaluate players making a jump. I think if he's able to improve that, fans are back and he's able to, uh, you know, perform in pressure situations. That's also going to be a nice improvement for his development. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. CP, Alex, JD, CK in the building. We got the whole KFTV squad in the building. With the KFTV snaps. Everybody snap act up tonight. We, we out here forming like Voltron for the Sunday night podcast. The first episode of the road to training camp. Training camp starts September 28th. We are right around the corner. Um, so basically, we're going to be running these things. Um, we're going to try to do at least twice a week. Every Sunday, the Sunday pod will definitely be on point. And then we'll try to get a midweek one in. And again, we're going to do uh, season expectations, predictions, lineup predictions, all that good stuff as we lead up to the start 
of the 21-22 season. I want to shout out my guy Angelo Carlos sends a super chat. He says salute to the panel and the chat. If what Stephen A. said is true in RJ prioritizing use of his right hand this offseason, if successful, does that addition to his game making him an all-star in 21-22? Well, I, still, I think it all depends on how he finishes. You know, he could be hauling Globetrotters out there, but if he can't finish at the rim... Or, or, you know, use that, that uh, you know, that, that level of uh, being ambidextrous, you know, to his advantage, then, um, you know, it's hard to tell. It all depends on how he uses it, but certainly needs to, to add that to his game for sure. Needs to add it, but it's an overrated, in my opinion, angle because he still averaged 17 points yeah. per game, yeah. you know, going, quote unquote, left every time. I mean, when you look at some of these great players, and you see the, their season highlights year in and year out. Do these players really do anything different in terms of moves? Yeah. Not really. You know where they're going. You just can't stop it. They're just that much just more stop better it. at it. So, yes, I do agree that he 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 would benefit from adding a right hand and using it more. But I don't think it's the be-all, end-all of you know, him becoming a finished product. Shout out to Danny Thomas. He says, salute everyone. JD, you were at the entertainer stream. I think Knicks win 44 to 50 games this year. I predict McBride gets consistent minutes towards the end of the season and we get to the second round. So Danny Thomas uh, throwing some optimism in there. He's talking about second round Knicks. So well, let's see what happens, man. We'll definitely <laughs> uh, talk about uh, predictions and, and record predictions uh, once we get closer to the training camp. So. Appreciate you, Danny, for that. All right, let's see who we have um, on the phones. Hang tight one second, fellas. So to everybody in the chat. Let's see who we got here. All right, let's kick it off. Ice water in Brooklyn. Ice water. Ice water. What's good, bro? <clears throat> hey, what's going on, fellas? How you feeling, bro? Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Go ahead. All right, all right. So first thing, I just want to touch on uh, Norman's Noel real quick. Mm-hmm. Um... Just real quick, um, if this dude was at a birthday party for oh, somebody man. and he ran into <laughs> He's about to rip Good, bro. somebody that's not his agent, somebody that's not his agent told him to pass up $70 million, um, and he told that story? I mean, this guy doesn't have anybody that loves him <laughs> or something like that. I mean, why would you tell that story? <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't but. But anyway, um, um, R.J. Barrett, um, mm-hmm. I agree with J.D. I think he, uh, if he improves his free throw shooting, uh, that could take him to, you know, close to 20 points a game. I think that's what he needs to do and finish around the rim. Well, I don't think yeah. he, take, he needs to take more shots or anything like that. Um, with Evan Fournier and, um, and Kemba, you know, that's more shots that are going to be up there. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if he just – if he stays the way that he is and is efficient, um, I think he'll be a better player. Um, Burks and Noel, as long as they um, keep their roles and they keep doing what they're doing, uh, I think, you know, they'll they'll add to the team. Um, you know, the Knicks have, to me um, – and and you guys might disagree, but I think they have the deepest bench in the definitely. East. I mean, they're just definitely. They are just loaded at every position. They are just loaded, um, you know. Um, so you know, I hear everybody talking about second round and stuff like that. For me personally, if everybody is healthy and you know, 
There's no major injuries. I don't see why the Knicks can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's just me. Maybe that's me being an irrational, you know, Knicks fan, but um, why not? Because they're just loaded. They're just, you know, they're they're loaded, Uh, you know, Ice, um, I, Ice, I feel you, man. But I mean, I don't know. You know, we got to get out the first round first, Val. You know what man. I'm saying? We got to get that out the first <laughs> round first, man. That's all I'm saying. You know, well, we, we got I, dusted I mean, out there, bro. Atlanta. Let's go. I like it. I, mean, I like it. Let's go. Said, you could have said the same thing. You know, you could have told Atlanta the same thing. And Atlanta made the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, so and yeah, things broke bad and stuff. I mean, things broke their way and stuff like that. But I mean, that's not that far fetched. You know, in the Eastern Conference, I'm, especially with the team that the Knicks have. I mean, especially with them being as loaded. Now, you know, if Tom Thibodeau doesn't play his bench and he's playing, you know, uh, he's playing the starters 55 minutes in a 48-minute game, well, then, you know, maybe not because everybody would be burnt out. But, I mean, if he uses the bench, I, I don't see why this team can't at least make a run for the finals. I don't see I don't see why. Um, but uh, I expect R.J. Barrett to be a little bit better. And um, if Alec Burks and, and Nerlens Noel can just keep their production from last year, uh, the, the sky is the limit for this team. I'm, I've, it's been a long time since I've been um, this excited about the beginning of the season for the Knicks. It's been a while, so, you know, it's, you know, uh, I had my doubts about the front office, but the front office has made outstanding moves. Um, you know, you know, I, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a really, really great season. Okay. Now, I'm not saying we're going to win the championship and all that. I'm not going to be yeah. delusional, but you know, this is going to be a really fun season. All right, Pre- appreciate the call, man. Thanks, thanks for always calling in. I sort of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Might as well. My man said finals. Ice war. Yeah, right, right. I was like, he might got as- damn near right, right, right. For real. Right. <laughs> we, we might win it. <laughs> ice water ice water went all the way up to a hundred and, and it stopped short at the yeah. yellow light. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying finals, but you know. I think he looked at the comments. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, maybe not winning the finals, you know. <laughs> I mean, first, I mean, we got to get that out the first round first, fam. And, and, uh, you know, the way we got washed by the Hawks, um, I think they proved to have uh, more depth off the bench for sure. You know, when you talk about what what Herder was able to do and Gallinari killed us, Lou Will did his damage, you know, Okongu came on late, not just against us, but in the playoffs altogether. So I think the Hawks certainly uh, have have something to say in the depth conversation. But I think the Knicks will be right up there in terms of uh, depth off the bench in the whole East, no doubt about it. Uh, You know, certainly Miami has something that will have something to say. Um yeah, I I think we're right there, fellas. Just just running right off there, the list right quickly, depth wise. I think we're right there. I think we're right hey, there. This time around, Trey Young's gonna have to guard somebody. He can't have to guard he, somebody. You know, when they play the Sixers, he was on Danny Green, Cork Maz. Yeah. Like you know, you could hide him against these teams that have this one dimensional offensive player against the Knicks. You either gonna have to guard Kemba. You have to guard RJ. RJ could post you up, or you're gonna have to have guard Fournier. So Trey in a future matchup against the Knicks, 
he can no longer just sit on the corner and just chill. Right. Yep. So that'll be an interesting matchup once we get there to watch. Yeah, he, he was parked on Bullock, man. Definitely parked on Bullock. If you guys want to call in, phone number's up, 657-383-1509, or else we're going to go watch the fight, man. But, fellas, we got this show in in time. I didn't know if we were going to make it. I had the fight going on, on the other screen. Not going to mention the, the means of how I'm watching this. You know, we're not going to promote any <laughs> any type of, you know, those those type of activities. You yeah, because I bought the fight, CP. Okay. I was talking right. about, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> shout, shout out to CP the artist, CP. I do want to say this. Yeah. CP the artist is speculating that we all somehow game plan to wear the hat and i'm telling you nah, guys cp nah. we all showed up and it was like wait yeah yo we all got the same and, and you know, i had this that's crazy bro, the, the <laughs> no go ahead CK. i was gonna say i was wearing this hat originally yeah. but then i saw my man <laughs> alex had his hat on jd jumped on with the hat on i'm assuming cp so i was like all right no, i got the hat bro, on bro, originally all i was going with my rj draft hat see? i was going with the, <laughs> see, i was yeah, going see? with the next choice well, yeah, I came through. I said, all right, let, let me, uh, you know, let, let me go to the company line. Yeah, you know man. Yeah, I always got it ready to go. It's right there, ready to yeah. go. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Okay, yeah. we're doing this. And, and CP, the artist, he's going by the artist right now. We're in the midst of some litigation. You know, he's he's going to get rid of that happening. name, CP. Uh, there's there's a <laughs> oh, bit of uh, copyright infringement going on with CP, the artist. So he's only <laughs> okay. going by the artist in the chat. And just to let you guys know, we're going through a little bit of a thing. That's still my man right now. But we we just going through a little bit bit of a thing behind the scenes. He's, he was stripping the CP from his name. He's only gonna be the artist. We, yeah, yeah. I had to you know let him know. You know what I mean? You, you can't be throwing my name out there like that and oh. know, having these takes and you know yeah yeah. So yeah, we talking. We we talking about that. Some okay. litigation going on. Um, all right, all right. How are we looking on the fight? It, it, has it started yet? You know they are gonna have like, you know the pregame, pregame, pregame. How, where are we at right now with the fight? Uh, CK. Um, according to my Showtime stream, um, it's about to start right now. They're doing a little, pre, you know, the pre, yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't yeah. what they're doing the They're, they're going to have the barstool guy wax poetic for like 30 minutes. Then they're going to yeah. have Migos come out for about five yeah. minutes. Moneybag, yo. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have yo, yo Gotti, Moneybag, yo, uh, uh, you know, all these cats. Uh, oh, man, it's yeah. going to be a while. But, yeah, I'm going to tune in. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have going on this weekend? Um JD, I saw Danny Dimes got a little touchdown in before before the half. I didn't watch the whole Giants. I didn't watch the, the Giants Pats. I missed it completely. So, I'll uh, I got it on DVR. But I mean, is is it worth watching on the replay or, or what, man? Did you see? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw I saw the whole game. And uh, shout out to Junior Caroba. I see him with the Giants. Yeah, Jun- uh, Junior's our guy. Junior's our guy. Um, you know, CP, just pray for the offensive line. That's all I have to oh, say. Oh, man. It's still a work pray. in progress, bro. Um, I heard Andrew yeah. Thomas was getting worked out there. Yeah, he gave up a few sacks. Oh, uh, was oof. called for a penalty. And you know, in football, you give up two sacks. That's already a terrible day. Yeah. And so um, it's just so hard in, in preseason. Um, Danny Dimes had a high completion percentage. He finished the game with a touchdown. Uh, but again, the Giants didn't have Kadarius Tony, their first round pick. Is Gal- has Gal- he, played it? he hasn't played at all. On, and man. he's their offseason prize acquisition. He, he you know, he's a six four wide receiver. Oh. Uh Saquon Barkley didn't play. Lost Ingram again. Yeah. So Daniel Jones was out there tonight literally with the same team he was there last season. So yeah, you know, 
in in a two weeks when the season starts, nobody's gonna care about what happened tonight. So that's yeah, how I look we, at we it. We gotta get healthy, man. And that's the thing. Galladay was my guy, um, but the health- that GM is gone. If if that offensive line does not play well, yeah, he's out Dave of there. Gettleman's out of he's there. Out man, of there. And, they, and we they, let's just get us a real QB because I told you, man. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ish on him right now. I'm still keeping out faith. But so far, I'm just I just haven't been impressed. But we'll see, man. Um, CK, <laughs> your boy Jameis won the job. I'm a happy you know guy. What I'm, saying? Like, I'm happy for him too, bro. Man, I'm man, happy man, for man, James, bro. Man, man, all love to Taysom Hill, but let him be what he is, man. Yeah. Let him be the utility knife on certain plays. But I didn't want to see 17 games or 16 games, or whatever it is, yeah. of him as my son quarterback. I'm excited for James. Yeah, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for him. Uh, me too, man. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. he gained some maturity on the on the Drew Brees and yeah. and uh, with Peyton. You know that the year that he spent with them and it was the two years, the year two. Yeah. Yeah. This is his second year. Second this is his second year, year with second us. Yeah. Year. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, so he got that, and then Al, um, um, Zach Alex Wilson. Is, Al, Al, Alex is like, look at these guys. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Quarterback. I, I heard, I heard we Zach have Wilson's our franchise guy. Look at these guys. They don't even know who they have, but we have the future. <laughs> How dare you? I, I heard Zach How Wilson is, was impressive, though. I heard you know Rogers Zach been picking him up. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers was calling, seeing like he was talking, <laughs> picking him up. A lot when they played the Packers, he looked really good against the Packers too. Two TDs, he did, man. He, he looked did. really good. Like the kid's mobile, that. he's yeah. really like he's shown off to be a true leader. Much more different than Sam Darnold. I'll I'll give yeah. it that. And I was a I was on the Sam Darnold train. Although it was, you know, when you haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Willie Namath, and I was even bored for that. Uh, you'll grab onto anything uh, and anyone <laughs> as the Jets be. fans always do because they haven't and had man, one since Joe Willie. It was it's been it that was Sanchez. It was Geno Smith. Uh, we oh, thought Fitzpatrick oof. was going to do it for us. Nope. Uh, Josh McCown came in. You know, then it was Sam Darnold. Yeah. Now it's Zach Wilson. So a lot of names just went through, and it just makes me sound disgusting. I, y'all, was, <laughs> y- y'all, y'all was so thirst. Y'all went out and got Brett Favre. Oh yeah, Michael Vick. Oh, Oh, yeah. man. They, they move heaven me. and earth to get Favre there, man. Don't even start me on Brett Favre. Do not oh. even start me on Brett Favre. Damn. Don't I, even you get You know what, going. though? I, I thought they were going to get Geno up out of the league. Gino, I saw Geno come out on the field with the Seahawks uh, yesterday. So mm-hmm. Geno's still hanging on to the clipboard, yeah, man. Yes. No doubt. By a thread. By a thread. By a thread. Yeah. Now, what's, is, the, what's the one team y'all all hate? Like, the number one team y'all hate? Cowboys. Uh, and Eagles. Patriots. Equally. Cowboys, Eagles, equally. Equally. Uh, Buccaneers. I've hated the Buccaneers for Patriots. years before Brady. Yeah, uh, they're the, they're that team that it, no matter what kind of season the Saints have, if we have three, two, four losses, they're two of them every year. Yeah, as I, bad I, as they've been, they always got us. I might even lean Eagles Patri- more, JD, because there's just been so much heartbreak with the Eagles, man. I mean, you know, when McNabb showed us up in the first round, yeah. he got on the phone, did the Sean Jackson punt return. It, it was, it's been a lot of nightmares, man. The, the 60-something yarder that they hit on us like three years ago in, in Philly. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. Remember that? Exactly. Oh, right. my you guys Lord. are talking about small problems. When you had Tom Brady control the AFC East for story. a guy that was all along, and you had True to watch story. that guy every single story. year. And that was don't, Buffalo's turn. Don't come now to I'm me. dealing with it. Now I'm dealing with <laughs> that it. That was Buffalo's turn. He's doing the same thing. Dallas, what the hell, man? That, that was Buffalo's turn, man. Oh, let's see if they can stay on the field this season, all right? Yeah. <laughs> True story, man. That's nah, going to be interesting, man. Season's kicking off for two weeks. Definitely looking forward to that. I'll be at the Eli game, too, uh, 
uh, uh, September 26th, Giants versus Falcons, I think they play. Now, Eli retirement had to be there for number 10. And so I'll get my one game in of the season. And uh, I'll be there, man. Um, I want to shout out Amid Belfort. Send the super chat. He says, salute, fellas. Do you think the regular season going back to 82 games plus making the playoffs, will it play a major factor with guys staying fresh for the playoff run? Um, I'll kick that off just by saying it could, but I think it's also on tip to embrace the depth, man. Embrace the depth. You know, manage the minutes with with Kemba and Rose. Uh, Factor in McBride and Grimes. Get those guys in there. You know, Julius Obi. You know, some of those some of those positional um, um, battles, so to speak. Utilize that, man, because we have the depth. We have the depth that that can you know spell these guys. So, uh, fellas, what what do you guys think? If you guys want to throw something in there, I'll keep my short. Yes, I I think it's gonna uh, play a factor. But like you just said, play to the depth. Um, I, you know, just the, the break in between last season, this season, Olympics, uh, new homes, all kinds of stuff. I think it's going to play a bit of a factor, but um, hopefully, like you said, Tibbs uses the depth and we should hopefully be okay, but I think it's going to play a factor. Yeah, I think Tibbs is going to use the depth. I mean, he did it last season. We had ten. We had a 10-man rotation, and it wasn't necessarily the, the, the greatest 10-man rotation, but I think yeah. he's going to use the depth this season as well. It's going to be interesting, CP. You, you saw last year the way that, you know, the schedule was was made for for the nba was a lot easier schedule better Mm. travel time no fans so you know now it's back to normal and we talked about when we broke down the schedule that west coast trip like those are the moments to use some of the younger players the far bench yeah so you know it's going to be interesting to see how tiz manages uh the whole you know roster for the full season true story shout out shout out nelson hernandez for the super chat he says i'm expecting all-star appearances from julius rj and cardiac kemba so nelson jumping out the window on this okay let's let's see what happens nelson let's see what happens man we'll come back to it if it comes true um ck go ahead and sign out for us bro yeah man uh what's up yeah yeah go ahead sign out Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, glad to be back. Uh, you okay. know, I always have fun talking to you guys about the Knicks. Uh, great conversation tonight. As always, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button for your boys on this fine Sunday. But you know you yes, can sir. find me, CK2K, across the board, Instagram, Twitter. But more importantly, make sure you give these guys some love because we have a lot of fun. And the season's about to start, and the season's going to be lit. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Uh, JD, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling great, man. Uh, you know, shout out to you guys. Shout out to the fans. Um, shout out to everyone that made the show today. Uh, shout out to the replay gang when y'all watch. Shout this. out to replay gang. Yep. Replay gang. Replay gang. Yeah. They 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 be in there heavy. They be commenting too, yeah, like yep. you know. So shout out to them. Um, and hey, I'm excited to you know be a part of the team. I'm excited for more future shows with you guys. And you know, on Twitter, you can check me out at JD Sports Talk NY and JD Sports Talk on YouTube. Yeah, man. Get it. I'll go ahead and sign out. The newest addition to the fan sided family and podcast but also Knicks fan tv family yes. so congrats to al on that um go ahead and let the people it. know where they can find you bro appreciate it fellas appreciate it no i really i, I love coming on here and talking with you guys it's a lot of fun and salute to Knicks nation for always hanging with us just listen to us talk about Knicks, giving us our <clears throat> giving our takes on a night on well i would say almost say nightly basis but Weekly, almost some on nightly basis, but it's always a lot of fun. Salute to the mods too. Salute to KnicksFanTV.com writers as well, because those guys are putting in the work as well. 
but you know what it is. CP just mentioned it. Knicks, Jets, etc. The podcast is now the exclusive Knicks and Jets podcast for Minute Media and Fanside. So get at us. Mm-hmm. You can find Great. us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, all over the place. If you go to Daily Knicks, if you go to the Jet Press, you'll find our podcast right there on the homepage. So you can hit it right there or even listen to it on that page. All right. And of all of all things. Make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. We got a lot of great content coming out there. We got Chip Murphy. We got Remy. We got Dave giving all, all, yes, all the contribution. We got a lot of people helping us out right now. So it's a lot of good stuff. Shout out to Paul. All right. We got a lot of guys there doing a lot of great work. Yes, sir. Great, great job, man. Appreciate that, Al. Appreciate that, fellas. And salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys, man. We, we got to give this 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 foursome a name. What do you guys think in the chat, man? Throw, throw a name in there. I saw somebody say the squad. Uh, that's all right. We I, I think we we could do a little better. What do you guys think, man? This, this foursome group on this podcast, or what are we gonna call this going forward? Leave us some some suggestions. Like JD said, man. Shout out to the replay gang, whoever you guys are watching from. Uh, I saw somebody checking in from Poland, so shout out to Real uh, Rai Cosette. Salute from Poland. So salute to you guys, man. All my UK family. We had uh, Ronaldo going back to United. So I'm sure you guys uh, are thrilled about that. You got Messi down at PSG. So uh, the football family is is definitely electrified right now. Remember, the show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping on the lawnmower 4.0 and related products and also remember this show is also available in audio podcast format apple podcast spotify google podcast all the major podcast networks on the Knicks fan tv and uh yeah man as we get ready for the fight ck did the fight start yet uh, no, they're doing a little intros right now. I, t- I told you. Uh, I yeah, told you. You, but you, the bar, the barstool boys just finished. So you oh, I told it to you. The <laughs> I told to you. The <laughs> they, they need, they need Portno oil. They're rambling yeah, away yeah, as usual, man. So good, yeah. man. We we killed a lot of time leading up to this fight, <laughs> and, and that was that was great. That was absolutely fantastic. And so, speaking of the fight, we will have Ariel Elwani coming through. Thursday night, man. Ariel's been all over this fight, all over the press conferences. Yeah. He's, he's covering everything right now, but he's a diehard Knicks fan first and foremost, so he right. knows where to come through. Number one show for the fans by the fans, Knicks Fan TV. And I'll uh, probably have another Wednesday show as well, man. So tune in. We'll see you guys. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.